It is Tuesday, April 11th, and this is your morning mud. This episode is brought to you by Mudwater. Mudwater is a coffee alternative, as well as the most aptly named sponsor for this show ever, with one-seventh of the caffeine as a regular cup of coffee. It's made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. And I know what you're thinking, Matt. You are somebody who loves caffeine. Why would you be hawking for a company that is advertising less caffeine? And that's because it worked. It's true. I love caffeine. I used to drink two energy drinks a day, and now I might have one a week. All thanks to Mudwater. If you or someone you love might want to make the switch to Mudwater, all you have to do is head on over to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mud to make the switch today. Good morning, everyone. I hope you are having a fantastic Tuesday. I am Matt Wright, and this is your morning mud. Um, I am the editor-in-chief of Muddied Waters Media, and um, let's get into the news. This isn't the big news. This is, I don't even know why I'm really covering this, but the Dalai Lama had to apologize for some comments that were caught on tape that he made and so i don't spoil anything let us just listen to this interaction you know i can uh, eat a page for hours um if i were to send you flowers where would i uh <laughs> wait let me rephrase if i were to let you suck my tongue. Would you be grateful? And really, that's just inappropriate for anybody. And when did the Dalai Lama begin to look so much like Nicolas Cage? Now, uh, in all seriousness, that's actually not too far off from what happened. Um, at an event, at an event, uh, the Dalai Lama, uh, the Dalai Lama was standing in front of a young boy, roughly probably eight years old or so, I would say. Um, and the boy asked the Dalai Lama, can I hug you? To which the Dalai Lama says, okay, come on up. Um, the spiritual leader then first asks the boy to kiss him on the cheek before pointing at his lips. Uh, he holds the boy's face as they briefly kiss and then the pair press their foreheads together. Just as the boy begins to pull away, the Dalai Lama instructs him and suck my tongue, prompting him to slowly inch forward, inch forward towards the 87-year-old's outstretched tongue. Um, the video that of this event happening is just as uncomfortable as watching Nick Cage say everything. But I could also see the Dalai Lama talking about how he could eat a peach for hours. Um... A lot of people at the event said that it was, they were laughing because it was kind of an awkward kind of thing. Um, and people on both sides of this have been either defending or hitting. Like, there's a lot to be said here. And oddly enough, um, 
it seems to go on how you feel about China. But uh, right before the boy walked left, before the boy walked away, the Dalai Lama said to him, look to those good humans, sorry, look to those good human beings who create peace, happiness, and not to follow those human beings who always kill other people. Which, honestly, that's great advice and probably would be taken a lot more seriously if you had not just asked a child to suck your tongue. However, they're saying that uh, the people who support the Dalai Lama say he was simply joking around um, and other people are saying that it's scandalous, disgusting, absolutely sick. I am more on that side of it. Um, and uh, another poster uh, said, what did I just see? What that child must be feeling disgusting. Uh, but the Dalai Lama has issued an apology. Um, and it says, a video clip has been circulating that shows a recent meeting when a young boy asks His Holiness the Dalai Lama if he could give him a hug. His Holiness wishes to apologize to the boy and his family, as well as his, his many friends across the world, for the hurt his words may have caused. His Holiness often teases people he meets in an innocent and playful way, even in public before cameras. He regrets this incident. Now, I get teasing. I am well known for it in my social circles that I'm, I tease a lot. I enjoy scaring children. I believe that is a genuine pastime um, that I am quite good at. I don't believe I would ever ask a child to suck my tongue for any reason. Even if I was bit on the tongue by a snake and it needed, the poison needed to be sucked out and the only person around me was a child, I don't believe I would say, yep, Johnny, I'm going to need you to suck the poison out of my tongue. Just get a good old grip there and... <laughs> Nope, not going to happen. I am not going to ever, ever ask that. But this has brought the Dalai Lama back into uh, the discussion because honestly, I didn't know he was still alive. Um, and China hates the Dalai Lama. Did you know this? Weird. Hates him. Accusing him of wanting to split China into two. Um, which honestly, good on the Dalai Lama, the little tongue-sucking freak. Um, the China refers to him as a, wolf, as a wolf in a monk's robe because, you know, he's the, the evilness of the Dalai Lama um, against the Communist Party of China. Um, but yeah, he, he's deeply sorry and gen genuinely meant no offense. Uh, the monks said his off-the-cuff remarks had lost their humor in translation, insisting he was a strong supporter of women's rights. Um, and they were criticized around the world. Uh, and they were criticized around the world. Uh, I saw somewhere where somebody was saying that sucking up somebody's tongue is a tibetan greeting and i don't believe that so if anybody out there is a member of the tibetan party of the if it, not the tibetan party if anybody out there's tibetan from tibet let me know if that is a traditional tibetan greeting 
Because if so, I'll chalk it up to, you know, different cultures. But uh, I still think it's weird. Uh, but yeah, so the Dalai Lama tried to have a little boy suck his tongue. Nicholas Cage style in Face Off. We'll be right back after these commercials. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with me through the break. Hope you all enjoyed whatever you just heard ads for. I honestly have no idea what you guys even hear. Um, I assume one of them is me talking about Spotify pod podcasters for Spotify, whatever. I don't even know what the ad's called. Um, so yesterday morning, roughly around 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern, um, a man, a young man, walked into a Louisville, Louisville, Louisville bank with a rifle and opened fire. Five people were killed, including the shooter, um, with nine being taken to the hospital. The four deceased victims were identified as Joshua Barrick, Thomas Elliott, Juliana Farmer, and James Tut. One of those was a good friend of Andy Bashar, the governor of Kentucky. It seems like we report on these things more and more recently. And while you can have, you can have a lot of conspiracy theories about why that is that you see this more often and why that's going on. What we still need to remember in all of these cases, no matter what it is, is that it's not a group of people that are doing this. It is not primarily white men or transgender individuals or Muslims or black people or whatever. It is not that. The people who are doing this are people who have mental problems. Now, we don't know why. We know that the shooter used to work at this bank. We know he used to work at this bank and we know that he graduated uh, with a finance degree from the University of Alabama. And he had done some interning for the bank, got a job, but he was recently fired. We know that he live streamed the event, which means to me, anyway, you may get a different reading from this. But to me, this means that he was trying to make a name for himself. He wanted he wanted the infamy of this attack over anything else which we won't we will not say the shooter's name we 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 did say the shooter's name in the nashville one uh but we will not do we will not use the shooter's name um i'm even a little upset that when i was reading from the article i said that uh five people were killed including the shooter because only four people need to be honored in this. And there are still people at the hospital. As I am recording this, there are people at the hospital. Hopefully they survive. So he may, he may have ended up ending the life of more people. Again, I don't know what security is like at this bank. But I know that weapons are not allowed at the bank. So... You're already seeing people like Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of Louisville uh, coming out and talking about the senseless violence that is caused by these guns and these weapons of war and how we don't need them. And 
how they don't have any place in a civilized society. But an armed populace is a peaceful populace. The more people who are armed, the more polite everybody's going to be. If there was the chance that somebody inside of that bank was armed, do you think, do you think that this shooter would have walked in there live streaming it in, in an attempt to gain notoriety online and thinking he was going to get away with it? Because I don't. And I have to, I will give Louisville crap all day long. I've actually, like, I've been to Louisville. I used to live in Nashville. And uh, I went to Louisville a lot. And I enjoy Louisville. It's a, it's a fun town. It's not a place I would ever want to live. But it is a very fun town to go to, to hang out at, to uh, spend an evening. But it's nowhere that I would want to uh, be there long term. And actually, the last time I was there was like 10 or 11 years ago. So it may be even different now. Um, so when I was there, it was a cool place to go and hang out. But I never wanted to live there. I thought it was just a fun place to go and chill. Um, nowadays, from what I understand, is that it is turning into another, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, L.A., Portland kind of area, Austin. Uh, it's turning into another area like that. And a lot of that has to do with how it's being politicked. And when you have the mayor, the day of a tragedy, start talking about the senseless killings that are caused by guns and how we need to get rid of guns. And when you have the former um, Speaker of the House immediately talking about this, they are doing this on the, on the bodies of dead people. They are grandstanding on the bodies of dead people and they need to not do that. They absolutely should not be doing that because people need to be able to mourn. One, one of the victims, as I said earlier, was a friend of the governor. And if you watch what the mayor said immediately after this shooting, he immediately goes into the grandstanding we need to get rid of the weapons of war to kill to end all this senseless violence. Okay. And then mad props to the Louisville police, by the way. I think they got there in three minutes. I think it was like three minutes that they got there. So good on them. And they went in and they did the job that needed to be done. And the mayor sat there and stared at the camera and he said, we need to stop people from being able to do these things to, from being able to commit these senseless acts. And Thank God that the police acted swiftly, that the police acted swiftly with their maneuvers, using the same maneuvers that this guy did. So if you got rid of the guns, what he's saying is only they would have them. Only they would have the guns. You wouldn't. Which, in situations like this, a lot of people will say, yeah, that sounds great, you know, because he shouldn't have had a gun. And you know, you're probably right. We don't know if he legally owned the gun. We don't know if he legally owned the gun yet. We don't know uh, if, he, if he was allowed to have a gun. No idea. At the time of recording, no clue if any of that was allowed. But a lot of people will say he shouldn't have had a gun. 
he should not have had a gun and only the police should have had a gun. And they will say that until they don't have a gun and only the police have a gun. And it is the police that are using the gun to force them to do something they don't want to do, which is the goal of anybody who is trying to get you to drop your guns. If they succeed in getting gun laws passed, who is it that's going to come for the guns? It is going to be the police, and they will be using their guns to try to take yours. The governor, Andy Bashir, I give him credit in his speech because he was very choked up. Obviously, like one of his friends had just passed, like literally just passed, and he had to give a speech. And I can understand that that would be a very difficult thing. But he praised the police. He praised the fire department, I believe. And uh, he talked about, he praised the police, and he, and he talked about uh, how he had just lost a friend. And he put mainly his focus on how good the police did in this situation. So good on him for not immediately turning and saying, we need to get rid of weapons. We need to get rid of guns. Only the police should have guns, especially when you're standing up in front of people protected by men with, with many weapons. I don't like reporting on these things because it's just me repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again. But as long as people are out there saying, we need to get rid of the guns, I will report that if they try to pass the guns, if they try to pass gun control laws, the police with guns are the ones that are going to come and try to take your weapons. And that is a scary thing to have to think about. That is the episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what is happening here at Muddied Waters Media, I ask you to do a couple of simple favors for us. Please, whatever podcasting platform you are listening to us on, give us a five-star review. Also, leave a review. And the biggest way that you can help is by sharing this episode with your friends. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will see you again very soon. And remember, where we're going, we don't need roads.